The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele, and Disney has done something incredibly stupid this week. No, what? it has nothing what? to do with Shang-Chi, what? which Disney? we will both be talking about because we both saw it, just in order to surprise each other because we didn't talk about it before the show like we should have in pre-pro. Hi, Ted. <laughs> Just saying, no, the stupid thing Disney did this week has to do with the Muppets <clears throat> and the fact that there's a guy who is, I'm going to say he's the secondarily main name that goes with the Muppets. Because the main name that goes with the Muppets is Jim Henson. The mm-hmm. second name being Frank Oz. Frank Oz. <clears throat> well, Jim Henson's not around anymore. Frank mm-hmm. Oz is. But he also says he is not welcome to do Muppets with Disney, who now own them. The quote is, I'd love to do the Muppets again, but Disney doesn't want me. They don't want me because I won't follow orders and I won't do the kind of Muppets they believe in. The soul's not there. The soul is what makes things grow and be funny. Boy, has he nailed that because the Muppets have been crap since Disney got a hold of them. Have they? Maybe Dark Crystal, but I I don't consider that a Muppet. I know it is Muppets, but I don't consider that a Muppet thing. I wouldn't know because I don't think I've seen any Muppet things since Disney took down. over. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan. It, it, It doesn't have the same feel or the same flow that the Muppets that we grew up with did. And and after all, who is the greatest Muppet character of all time? It's not a Muppet, but Yoda. Basically yeah. a Muppet. And that's Frank Oz. So Same voice as Miss yeah, Piggy. Tend, go tend, figure. Tend, tend, tend to go with Frank Oz on that one. Definitely. <clears throat> yeah, I, I can, for the life of me, cannot understand why you wouldn't want, you know, the, you got two top guys. He's one of, he's the only one left on the planet still. Yeah. And you don't want it. I don't get that. Disney makes some odd decisions at times. Well, you want another odd decision? Of course. So I reviewed this movie and I said Jungle Cruise was actually pretty good. I enjoyed it and it is in no way set up for a sequel. So, of course, they announced this week they're doing a sequel. Of course they are. I realize it's for the money, but you know what? It ended it had a good ending. That means you should not do anymore because it ended. Yeah, well. When has that ever stopped any Hollywood studio? <clears throat> uh, it doesn't. I mean, you know, another example of that, the new Bond trailer came out and it implied that it is the last Bond movie, <clears throat> not just for Daniel Craig, which we know it's the last Daniel Craig Bond movie. Right. But it kind of insinuated it may be the last Bond movie, period. Which is a bad that. idea at this point. Not a bad idea. It won't be because it's too much of a cash cow. Could they move on with another character? A, yeah. a 009, a 006, whatever. Of course they could. In the same settings, <clears throat> will they, will they have same the guts universe, to do that? Character. Make it a woman to make everyone happy. Yeah, I don't know if they would have the guts to do that because I doubt that they're going to. It would be nice. It would be really nice if they did that. I do really like the trailer uh, for this movie, by the way, because it it's, recaps the entire 
Daniel Craig over, which is uh, it's a good trailer. Don't know if the movie's going to be any good. I, God, I hope so. We've been waiting for it since, I don't know, it feels like 1942. 1842. <laughs> but, <clears throat> yeah. But uh, hopefully... Hopefully, it will be delightful. And Time will tell. And maybe it'll actually be out this year. Uh, I don't know. There's something else that's coming up on October 16th, which is about the time the Bond movie should have been coming out, but it won't be. Um, <clears throat> DC Fandom. <clears throat> They're doing it online again. We are allegedly going to be getting a new Batman trailer. Yay. Uh, news on the Batman Caped Crusader animated series, which what little I've seen of it. I'm interested. I want to see more to find out if I'm going to like it. Um, Allegedly, there's going to be news on the fourth season of Young Justice. Which I still think that I'm giving it a very slight nod over the Batman animated series as being the best DC series. Just with the... It's a slight nod. BTAS is still incredible. But Young Justice is... It is. Young Justice is also very good and has done a good job of incorporating people. <clears throat> so, and and of course, they're going to have other stuff, all their, what's left of the Arrowverse, you know, all that kind of news. So, yay, DC Fandom. <clears throat> and it's free, I think. If not, it'll be on YouTube soon enough. <clears throat> Speaking of being on YouTube... <clears throat> Sorry, I got something stuck in my throat, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's this story. Uh, they've greenlit Expendables 4. And the cast appears to be considerably smaller than it has in the other ones. This one is going to be uh, Stallone and Statham, of course. Uh, Dolph Lundgren and Randy Couture are going to be coming back. And that seems to be it. The rest of the cast seems to consist of 50 Cent, Megan Fox, and Tony Jaw. I have not seen any of the other names attached to this, which is kind of weird because the Expendable series has been, let's get every action hero ever and throw them into a movie. This, I'm not even sure I've yeah. seen Tony John in a while. <clears throat> that is a little unusual that they're cutting down. Not necessarily a bad idea at all, but no. maybe I, I, if I they the other cut down the cast, they can have more of a story. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So... <clears throat> Big truck goes boom four times now. I don't know. Maybe this one will have more worth than the other ones. <laughs> that's my segue. That's my segue. Because that's something you watched this week. Yes, I watched a film called Worth. I saw previews for it just like a week ago. This one really came in under the radar, so to speak, which is not really a good illusion because it concerns the events of 9-11, which shockingly... That's a long time ago at this point. Doesn't seem like <clears throat> doesn't seem like a long time ago. But so this film is originally called What is Life Worth? This is it, 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 again like there are certain films which have really dry subjects which have become excellent films. This is one of those. This is based on how to calculate the monetary value of a life. After 9-11, a lot of people obviously were concerned about the financial future of their families. A lot of people were considering suing the airlines, and the United States government stepped in. 
assuming that if the airlines were bankrupted, which they would have been, that would have been a significant blow to the economy overall because so much uh, business is centered on the airlines. So it wasn't so much to bail out the airlines, partly, but it was also just help shore up the economy. Plus, that's kind of the point of having a government where everybody's money pools together to help the people who need help. So a person who is an aide to Ted Kennedy, who had experience in this very aspect, he'd been involved in dealing with settlements for Agent Orange, Agent Orange, not that I can speak. Uh, put his name in the ring, the hat in the ring, name in the ring. Anyway, so this lawyer said, yeah, I can do the job, and they decided, yes, he could do the job. Michael Keaton plays Ken Feinberg, who's this high-powered attorney, who decided that his group would create this formula to determine how much everyone would be awarded, all the victims of the attack. It does sound like, well, how the hell is this an interesting movie? But it's a fascinating movie because it's a character study of of the people involved. There is a, there's not really an antagonist, but there's something of a gadfly. One particular citizen was not happy with the formula. He actually started a website, which is still active, called Fix the Fund. Because he was not happy with the fact that they had this pretty set formula, that there was a baseline, you're going to get a minimum, and there was a cap. A lot of people were unhappy with rich people, weren't one, the families of rich people, I should say, weren't happy with this, like, well, why my husband, he was making $1.5 million a year. Why is he only worth twice as much as this guy who is a janitor? Janitor's families were saying, I don't care that he was a janitor. How is he worth less as a human being? So it's it's this really interesting philosophical argument, all wrapped up in the fact that it's not about philosophy. It's just about economics and money. And at the same time, it, it's just very – to me, it was fascinating to watch the process. And again, it's based on the truth. It's not a documentary. Um as it's shown in the film, Feinberg Krent gradually moved towards having a, a a wider scope of how to compensate people, which is not accurate. He started off with a wide scope. This is the formula. However, we're going to have to make exceptions. We're going to meet with people one-on-one and figure out what how best to take care of people. And they were doing that from the beginning. But it is very suspenseful because if they don't get enough people to sign up for it, Congress isn't going to fund it. And then everyone's going to sue, and then the whole thing is pointless. So it's yeah. this race against time. They have, I think, 30 months. But still, they have this race against time to get enough people to sign on. And it's this philosophical fight between Stanley Tucci's character, who was the guy who started the Fix the Fund website, and Michael Keaton's character. But one, the thing I like best about it, are, there are no villains. All too often in movies like this, Oh, here's the bad guy. This person in government's terrible, or or this lawyer's an awful person. One reviewer said, "It's like, well, Tate Donovan. It's like, when's the last time you heard of Tate Donovan? By the way, he plays a lawyer, high-priced <laughs> lawyer for uh, one of the airlines, and not one of the airlines. I'm sorry, for a victims group, and he's pushing for people to sue because it's it's going to make them more money. It's going to make him more money. That's a lawyer's job. 
he's advocating for his clients. He's not a villain. He's doing his job. And he's not really projected as a villain. He's not twirling his mustache or something. I mean, that's just his job. And he's not ever portrayed as, oh, this guy's just a bastard. I really like that. was one of the complaints that I have about the movie Sully was, for one thing, we all know the story. So we saw it live, so don't really need to see it again. And then the FAA doing the investigation, they were definitely painted as, oh, they're out to get him. It's like there's no way that investigation went out like that. And they're painted that way as like, oh, they're just awful people. It's like that's not truth. Why do you have to create this bullshit? When, I mean, this is just a fast, such a fascinating selling, such a fascinating, tense story. But because we all know it, you had to create some crap, some bullshit conflict that wasn't there. And I really like the fact that they didn't do it with Worth. The, com- the, the tension just comes from how do you determine that? How do you make this choice that a firefighter is worth this much and the accountant is worth that much? And how do you go to the families and tell them that? And there's a lot of scenes with actors portraying the families, but there's a lot of just gut-wrenching scenes where they're interviewing the people and just they're talking about loss and talking about, what what do you think you can do for me? You can't do anything for me. And there's some subplots here and there, but Michael Keaton, as always, is absolutely fantastic. Stanley Tucci's fantastic. Amy Ryan, for fans of the American version of The Office, Holly, she's in it. I haven't seen her in anything since The Office. She's excellent. <laughs> Everybody in this film is great. And again, this just, to me, this just came out of absolute nowhere. So, Just complete made-up crap situations. If you if you like things that are actually based on what actually happened, and how people really act, this is a perfect movie. Very different from any of the other movies we were watching this weekend. Uh, and, well, and this, yeah. this is on Netflix. And been a really really good film. Really enjoyed it. So you mentioned Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton's in one of the movies I watched this week. There we go. Uh, which was Protégé, which came out in theaters, and everyone went, ooh, I want to see it, I want to see it, I want to see it. And you know what? Oh, this one can probably wait till oh, it yeah. comes home. <clears throat> I mean, it, it was not a bad movie by any means, but there was nothing in it that stood out for me. The, the basic premise. Maggie Q was trained to be a good guy assassin because she only kills bad guys, by Samuel L. Jackson, who, uh, let's see, th- this is not much of a spoiler because it's in the trailer. He gets killed yeah. at the beginning of the movie. Right. My mentor has been killed, therefore I must have revenge. Does that sound familiar? Because chances are you've seen this before. <laughs> <clears throat> now she goes and finds her other mentor who was uh, played by Robert Patrick. Yes, the T-1000 is back. Um <laughs> And that's fine. Michael Keaton plays a guy who's been hired by the, and I'll put this in bunny rabbits, bad guy. Um, And Michael Keaton, I I had been kind of worried about something with him because we've been hearing that he's going to be playing Batman again in the forthcoming Flash movie. I watched this movie and you know what? Michael Keaton was great and I have no problem seeing him in the bat suit again. He can, I think he can quite easily pull it off. 
So that's one really good thing we don't have to worry about in, the forth, in a forthcoming movie. This one, however, I mean, yeah, there were some good plot twists. The ending was, I'm just going to warn you about it. I'm not going to tell you what it is. It's a bit surreal. I, I, I left it going. I felt like something important happened, but I'll be damned if I can figure out what it is. <laughs> it, it's it's that kind of an ending. Um, and it's possible that the place I saw it in did not have a good speaker system. Mm. But I can also tell part of this was the movie. There's a lot of people talking on cell phones in this. And whenever they do, there's a lot of static going on. So, it, well, I mean, it's it's this, the, the filter they put on the sound to make it sound like someone's on a phone. I get that. But I think they put it on there a few times and it just, it obscured the sound too much for me. Now, I realize I'm also old and going deaf. Not the point. I should still be able to understand the lines coming out of a cell phone. Right. But that was my big issue with this. Uh, My minor issue was, yeah, it was a really good action movie. It was a lot of fun to watch. But it wasn't Die Hard. It was not Terminator 2. It was not a movie you need to go see and go that is a big social event that's going to uh, affect the rest of my life it was just a good action movie and there's no so you're saying there. you've so you're saying you've seen this movie a lot like you said at the beginning that's yeah it, it's we've seen i almost thought went to see it the weekend before and i kind of heard that about it it's like i'll wait yeah it, it's not it, like i said it's not bad but we've seen the story yeah. before this time it's got Maggie Q in the in the role. Um, like I said, some of the plot twists are good, but they're not new plot twists. Right. Um, ooh, now it's in 4K. That's nice. You know, we we've still seen it before back uh, when it was along with everything else. Plus. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I wonder. I wonder if it's going to be in labor disc. Talking about some movie on on social media, he said it's like his. Remember, his parents had it on labor disc, and someone very kindly said laser. It's like this is nice things because people think there were such things as labor disc, and they don't think it's like. Does that make sense? Nope. Then figure out what it really was. It wasn't a labor disc, dude. Oh my god. Yeah, I guess it does. Unlike that guy's brain. Anyway. <clears throat> and, and, and Labor Day is maybe tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to this. Maybe it was yesterday. yesterday. Maybe it was a year ago. Could be six years ago. I don't know. Get on it. Well, listen to us early. So on Labor Day, I typically choose not to labor. I occasionally <laughs> will have a piece of candy, but like not from this person. Not from this person. No. Not from not from Candyman. I'm not talking about Willy Wonka. I'm talking about Candyman. Uh, when news of this first came out, not a big fan of remakes and of films that are really, really good because Candyman, the original, is an excellent film and also happens to be, God, almost 30 years old. So kind of weird that this is not a reboot. It's a sequel to a movie that came out in 1992. I love the fact that it's a sequel. It's not a reboot. It's not a remake. It is a direct sequel, even though there already was a sequel, which was pointless. <laughs> So, Candyman, 
new characters, obviously, because it happened 30 years ago. And spoiler alert for a 29-year-old movie, a couple of the main characters don't make it through the first one. So the the this the original happened was set in Cabrini Green projects in in Chicago area, which even when they were making this were being converted away from. Uh, Cabrini Green was was not the uh, <clears throat> model of how public housing should be. Cabrini Green area was not a good area to live at all, yeah. and. They've been long raised and it's all been gentrified and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of what this film is about is about that, is about how society creates these areas where people are basically consigned to live in poverty and not really given a way out. And then they'll come in and take advantage of it. And, oh, property values are low. Let's buy it all up and let's force everybody out and make money off it. So – even though it's a horror film, it's partly about that. It's also partly about how people of a particular skin color get a little too much melanin. The police aren't going to treat you the same way they treat people with a little less. Uh, not surprisingly, Jordan Peele is the uh, producer, one of the who's basically remaking the horror genre as social statements. So he, as uh, a producer, Nia DaCosta is the also co-writer and director, and Nia DaCosta did In the Woods. I'm sorry, not In the Woods, Little Woods. Little Woods, which is actually better than In the Woods. But anyway, so which was a – just research our shows. You'll find the, the thing about Little Call Woods is really good. So this is a horror film of a person who – in the neighborhood and who is kind of weird and he had a hook for a hand because – that doesn't really happen that much these days, but he lost his hand, had a hook for a hand, and he was giving out candy to kids. And and one Halloween, a little girl found a razor blade in her candy and immediately thought it was this guy. And cops tracked him down and beat him to death. Two weeks later, more razor blades show up. It wasn't him. So this guy was a victim, and he comes back from the dead to punish people. That's the premise of it. So an artist who is very in tune with social justice decides to paint a series of paintings and art installations about this. And the legend is that if you look in the mirror and you say his name five times, he comes out and kills you, which is like, why would you do that? But people do because it's a movie. Um, <laughs> because didn't make a lot of sense in the, in the first one. Yeah, didn't make a lot of sense in the first one. And, and but people people will take challenges, you know. I mean, after all, this is the generation that stacks milk crates and tries to kill themselves and eats Tide Pods and you know the kind of crap that. Yeah. I, I don't mean generation. This is the species that does that. So I mean, people are probably charging mastodons and like waving clubs at them, but twenty thousand years ago and getting killed because we're dumb. So people are doing this and people are getting um, dispatched. Let's say and the, the tension builds because you're not quite sure exactly what's happening. And it turns out that maybe someone is steering these events. Maybe someone is being groomed for a specific role. So there's a lot more going on to this film than just the standard horror film. That being said, it is very, very scary. There's a lot of tension in this. It's really, really gory. So for people who watch horror films just to get their blood on You'll get it because, yeah, this is this has substantial gore and it gets 
more and more as it builds up. Has some little body horror stuff going on, so if you're a fan of David Cronenberg stuff, you'll be happy. Uh, yeah, for a horror film, and again, because Jordan Peele is behind this, there's a lot more going on than just a scary, scary movie. Maybe the scariest part is just the overall statement about where society takes us, which is pretty unusual for a horror film, but it fits in with with movies like Us and Get Out that he's done. So absolutely fits in with that genre and really, really creepy-ass movie. Really liked Candyman. But if you are one of those people who like watches movies with a pillow over your eyes, yeah, don't even try. <laughs> Not your kind of movie. May there, I recommend there a are other films to watch? Please do. Yeah, uh, the one that we both watched this week, we were both looking forward to this. We saw Shang Chi, not together, oddly enough. Um, yeah, that would be weird. That would be weird. Okay, I, I want to ask you this, because again, ask this may this. be the theater I was in. Was part of the were, were parts of this movie filmed in DC Obscurovision? It's not going to that theater because because <laughs> it, because it, it's not the movie. <laughs> okay yeah because for me there were several scenes that were filmed in the dc dark color palette and i, I can i could see some shadows going on and i thought that's that's great that looks like the choreography is wonderful i just don't know whose silhouette i'm looking at you know in the the theater in oak ridge i don't know if they still do this because it's been a long time but they used to save money by only using one bulb instead of two so everything would be a little dark. And I wonder if they're not doing that because there are no dark. This is not Wonder Woman 1984 where it's like, oh, let's make it really dark so you can't see how bad the special effects are. Yeah, it's it's not DC Obscuro Vision like you okay. said. There's uh, nothing like that in here. That was my main problem with this movie was that yeah. there were parts of it I couldn't see. Other than that, wow, I liked bad. it. Um, I would seriously call that theater and say, uh, yo, start paying your light bills, bastards. Or just something. tell them you're not going to go back. Because they don't have a sound system worth a flip, and they can't even show the movies. That's, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's pretty bad. It's irritating. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, the movie. But the, the movie was good. They, uh, officially, there were two appearances in this movie by people previously in uh, Marvel movies, but in uncredited roles. I thought we might go ahead and not tell anyone who they are and let them figure it out on their own because I thought that was – I thought the inclusion of both of them was interesting. And, and need I agree. I agree. Um, I really like this movie uh, because it's – as we've talked about, Marvel has – they, they take a film genre and they work it to fit into the Marvel universe. So this is their kung fu film. Yeah. This, this is Enter the Dragon – Done the Marvel way, basically. Um, it's a bit more Jackie Chan-ish for me, but yes, I'll, I'll, yeah. yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, in general. I mean, and it's not as good as Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It's not as good as Hero. It's not. It's not. It doesn't stand up with like the best kung fu films ever. And I'm just using it as martial arts shorthand. But it's really, really good. It also has a bit of a kaiju film flavor. There's an, an extended sequence with monster battles. I, I'm going to throw this out. Did you notice the three Pokemon that showed up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I thought immediately. If, if you're wondering, there, there, that you can see, and I know there's only supposed to be one in the Pokemon universe, but there's two Moltres in this movie, yeah. and a couple of Alolan Volpixes and Ninetales. Yeah, yeah, the Ninetales are the ones I know I that they're ancient, right 
They're, they're, right. they're supposedly ancient monsters and everything that what that and that's what the Pokemon are based on. But I looked at right. this and went, I, I spun three Poke stops on the way here, so that's my <laughs> yeah. That's what those are. I, I really like that the inclusion of of characters from Chinese mythology. I thought that was really good. Yes. I like the fact that I mean, if if they had made this like I was talking with a friend of mine earlier about the movie if they had made this movie i said initially i said 30 years ago but it's actually 50 years ago if they had made this film 50 years ago maybe they would have gotten bruce lee into it but actually they probably would have cast david carradine because that's what hollywood did famously it's what they did to bruce lee who had the idea of the film of the tv series kung fu and then they stole it and gave it to some freaking dancer (sighs) anyway i love the fact that oh look Everyone in here who is Asian is Asian. Wow, what a remarkable what a concept. concept. What a concept for that. Uh, the director, Destin Daniel Cretton, directed Short Term 12, which is a really good movie. Just Mercy, which is a terrific movie. And and again, here we are taking a, a director who's really earned their bones in serious heavy-duty dramas. And it's like, oh, let's do a Marvel film. You know, we're going to see that with the Eternals coming up, the the latest Oscar-winning director taking her turn behind, behind a Marvel flick. So a really good action flick. Is it is it the best to me? Is it the best Marvel movie? No, it's not. Uh, in the top third? For me, definitely in the top third. Yeah, I and, was thinking it was kind of, for me, it was kind of an average Marvel movie, mm-hmm. but that is well above where a lot of other movies are because it wasn't. Oh, yeah. Spectacular, yeah. but absolutely by no means horrible. This is yeah. very, very much a good movie. Yeah, a friend of mine said that he gave it 7 out of 10. He said he had some pretty big problems with a couple parts of it, but then the parts that he really liked, he really, really liked. Right. But he couldn't really say anything about it because apparently it was all spoilery. So um, I, I love the fact— You want a spoiler? I'll throw this out as a spoiler. In that in the fight with the bus chase, or the cha- bus scene yeah, with yeah. the fight on it That's, that you see in the trailer— yeah. Uh, Something I happened to notice because I watch entirely too much Top Gear, two of the cars they run over with the bus were a BMW i8 and a Bugatti Chiron. That's a lot of money. there alone is about $2.5 million worth of car just on those two. Pretty pretty sure those were special effects i don't think those i know cars. they weren't real <laughs> i watched that and went but they look real. oh god don't do that i'll take it from you you can have my car you know and i'm glad you mentioned the, the bus fight scene because and of course you've seen a lot of it if you've seen the trailer yeah uh, well, several things are interesting to me about the bus fight scene it's it's a it's a nod to speed which of course is nothing but a bus chase film True. it's to me, it's also a nod to the, the train sequence in Spider-Man 2, which is a great sequence because it's very similar where there's a fight between villains and heroes and and you're trying to make sure passengers don't get injured in the, in the middle of it and it goes outside of it. Uh, Shang-Chi has some moves which are very reminiscent of what Spider-Man, you would see Spider-Man do, especially later in the fight on the scaffolding, yeah. brilliantly staged. One thing that really stood out for me is the fight scene was good, but it's like I've seen better in Marvel and I've seen it in the Daredevil Netflix series. I mean, a couple of those fight sequences in Daredevil are just like unbelievable. Yeah. But the, the fight sequences in this movie got better as the movie went along to me. I mean, they just got better and better. One of the things from the bus scene, uh, one of the bad guys we get introduced to is Razor Fist. Right. 
who was a Shang-Chi villain. Um, introduced I, in issue number six. Yes, I did look that up. I just remember him being there. <laughs> they did. Uh, they, and that's one thing Marvel does a really good job with is they pay attention to their characters, unlike DC, who all too often sometimes manages to remember the name of the character, but kind of forgets what they even are capable of doing, let alone. Oh, you mean like Fox with the X-Men movies? Yeah, right. I I actually tried to watch a little bit of X-Men Apocalypse this weekend because it was on. It's like, I I was going to see if it was, if it was really as bad as it was like it was. I turned it off after about 20 minutes. Yeah. Terrible. So Aquafina is wonderful because again, Every Marvel film has comic relief, and she and she's much more than comic relief in this film. I like that she had her moment, which was excellent. I mean, you knew it was coming, but it was excellent. Actually, I think I have a theory with her. But I love the fact. I, I think my, my, my theory is that Aquafina is going to be in a good movie if it's Disney related and includes a water dragon. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. I can only think but of two movies that she was good in, and they were both Disney movies with water dragons. I'm just throwing that out. Growing up, I always called this Shang-Chi, and it's not Shang-Chi. It's also not Shang-Chi. It's Shang-Chi. And I, I love the f- which is difficult to get correct. And I love the fact that an Asian actor, they use that to play up on it. Because they have this scene where they're going back and forth because he tells he she thinks his name is Sean and he tells her, oh, I'm really Shang-Chi. And he goes, Sean? And they go back and forth about four times because she's trying to get the pronunciation just right. And he keeps on correcting her because she's off a little bit. And then, of course, she has the very funny line about, well, you'll see the movie and you'll see why the line is funny. But it's great. It, I mean, it's almost as good. Not quite, but it's almost as good as the the pose line in Black Widow. So. Yeah, which I, I love the fact that Marvel pokes fun at their own characters and makes it work. I mean, and, and as far as I, I'm picturing now, I don't know, of course, because I am I have uh, Nazi, German, and Dutch slaver heritage, so don't don't have any uh, Asian heritage to me at all. But just like Black Panther was so meaningful to that culture. I picture this film is going to do exactly the same thing because, wow, that said it's like this is the first movie, first big movie Marvel film where an Asian is like the main character. He's not the sidekick. He's not there for comic relief. You know, he's it. I mean, obviously, there have been plenty of movies, Hollywood films with Asian leads, but not too many and nothing, nothing big like this just like Black Panther did. So, uh, unfortunately, it's not going to have the box office because of the pandemic like Black Panther did. Yeah. Early reports are it's doing really well, considering. Um, but the, the bigger impact is, I, hopefully, this has a big, big, big social impact because uh, there's going to be literally millions of people who see themselves on that screen and realize it's like, wow, that could be me. As opposed to, I'm the sidekick, like always. You know, I'm I'm just some adjunct character, and nothing really matters what they do. So, I, just, I love the fact that they've done this. I'm just hoping they keep it up because 
I, and I, yeah. I, I've been watching Bond movies. I was expecting to see Shang-Chi will return in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> <clears throat> because they, they really are oh. setting up oh, yeah. um, Chong. Or Chong, sorry, Wong. I don't know where I went yeah. with that. Setting up Wong to be the new Agent Coulson. Yeah, they are. Which which works. Which, which totally works. Um, um, he is definitely, he meaning Shang-Chi is Shang-Chi is definitely going to be uh, in the Avengers when the Avengers finally reform. Uh, mid credit scene was very interesting. I, I like Marvel sets up. They did something really good with this one. They set up the larger picture in the mid credit scene, and then the end credit scene, they set up something more specific for Shang-Chi, which I really liked. So, um, oh, and I would be remiss if I don't mention how wonderful it was to see Michelle Yeoh not just in, I was afraid she was just going to have a cameo. Is like, she's a big part of this film, not as far as screen time, but she's a big part of this film. And is like, and that's just an absolute badass moment. I mean, she's so good. So it's just, just a terrific cast. And one more thing too. I, I like the fact that the actor is not super buff. I mean, he's in great shape. But he looks like a martial artist. He looks like someone who might be fighting MA or, or something. But he's not superhuman. He's he's not like like Thor. He's not chiseled. Or, or Cap. He's a person. He looks like a person who's in great shape. And I like the fact that he's not superhuman. Now, he gets some pretty interesting abilities because there are some kind of interesting devices here called the Ten Rings. But uh, the, anyone watching this guy could be him. And I really like that that they brought that back into it too. So because that fits the character. See, so there's a Marvel thing we did like. I'm wondering if you enjoyed the what if this week. I did. Because I, did I enjoyed enjoy all of it again. They did it to me again. <laughs> there's one plot point at the beginning of this that my daughter also pointed out that doesn't make a damn bit of sense. Uh, the what if this week, the premise is, uh, and we're going with Dr. Strange. What if Christine Palmer was with Dr. Strange at the beginning of the movie when he, uh, and she died in the car wreck that in this case didn't destroy uh, Stephen's hands. Right. Now he went on to become Sorcerer Supreme. We met Wong, Dormammu, I'd like to bargain, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of this, he gets the time stone and tries to go back and fit, bring Christine back and fails. Oh, let's do it again and fails. Let's do it again and fails, et cetera, et cetera. Until the ancient one comes back and says that her death is a fixed point in time and can't be changed. Otherwise, he would never become the Sorcerer Supreme. Mm -hmm. Except she didn't die in the movie and he did go on. So it's not a fixed point. That's when you, that's when you splinter timelines, and that's what we did with this. At the beginning, was we splintered the timeline when she did go with him. That's where the splinter happened back here, instead of up here where oh the car wreck happened. The car wreck had nothing to do with it. It's back there where she when she went with him. It's not a fixed point. I watch way too much Doctor Who to have figured this out, and it. Oh, it killed me to watch the rest of this because it was a good story. 
you can do better than this, damn it. Just take the premise, tweak it a little bit so it makes sense. Because you, I was a fan of the What If books back in the day when they made them. And one of the ones I really liked, and we're not going to get in this series, was What If Wolverine was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. instead of an X-Man? And the whole premise for this was Nick Fury showed up before Professor Xavier and said, would you like to join S.H.I.E.L.D.? He said, sure. Xavier showed up later and said, you want to be an X-Man? He said, nah, I'm with S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm good. And the story went that way. And that made more sense because we didn't have the, oh, this is a fixed point in time. It's not a fixed point in time, damn it. That's just a thing. I, 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 the whole I, think it's, I think it's a fixed point in time for that timeline. But that timeline didn't exist in the first damn place. That's my point. And it irks me. Other than that, it was a great episode. I enjoyed it. I loved the premise of it. But it was that it, one. It, again, it, 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 they're doing this with every what if episode. There's that one we, thing that makes me go. No, we will, we will, disagree. We will disagree on this one because I think this is specific to this particular timeline because he didn't destroy everything. He destroyed his universe at the end. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, one thing that did surprise me was the premise itself because it's called What If Doc- What If Doctor Strange Lost His Heart Instead of His Hands and I thought they were going to go with an Iron Man thing. That would have made sense, I suppose. Which, and I'm, I'm not upset at all that they went with the fact that he lost his heart as in his emotional heart rather than physically. Because I totally thought that that's, that was the direction they were going to go in. But, yeah, I enjoyed it. I liked the fact that I, – I like what they're doing with this. And I liked the previous episode more in that it had a wider impact. Although this had a pretty big impact because, yeah, it kind of impacted his entire universe. Which, again, shows the power of, of Doctor Strange. I like that they played up to that because – I don't know. Somehow, to me, in the MCU, Doctor Strange seems a little underpowered. Yeah, and he, he's he's one of the more powerful characters in the DC universe. I'm not sure if he's up to like Galactus level or Eternity level, but he's right. he's up there. Yeah, and he seems he's so far he seemed to be a little less powerful than that. And I I'm picturing that's going to change when we get the Multiverse of Madness. So, starring uh, Shang Chi. Yeah, indeed, starring starring everybody. But I like what they're going. Again, none of these have held up to like the best of the Marvel films, but they like they're showing up on Hulu. They're not Hellstrom for Christ's sake, which I couldn't get past <laughs> episode three. Like seriously, what the hell went? Ha- what the hell happened with their properties? Uh, I'm assuming that the people who screwed up everything for Fox were responsible for everything on Hulu because basically nothing that has been on Hulu has been worthwhile as far as the Marvel properties. I actually didn't mind the series. I would like to have liked it, but, you know, Inhumans was, it had the, of course it's got the premise to be great. They just didn't go there with it. They had, they had some big issues with Inhumans. It was better than what they put on Hulu because Hulu was a train wreck, but I really and I know they did it in, in the comics, and I know they did it be, for budgetary concerns, but it was a big problem, like cutting Medusa's hair as early as they did. Yeah. It's like, if you don't have the budget, add to the budget. That's what you do. You don't just, like, screw or don't the storyline. 
honestly, if you don't have the budget, don't even do it. And and I really hated the portrayal of Black Bolt. He 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 looked like he needed to take a crap the entire time. <laughs> like not saying anything about the actor. I'm just saying the way he played that character and that I like on the directors. I do. I do, too. But didn't he constantly look like he was constipated the entire time? Because he had this intense, strained look on his face. It's like, for fuck's sake. I mean, really, is that how you're going to play this guy? He's supposed to be one of the most powerful characters in the Marvel Universe. And you always look like you're just on the on the verge of crying or running to the toilet. And it's like, it was awful. So a lot of it was really good. But again, it's Marvel. You know, if that if that had been a DC property, that's a home run. But unfortunately, dude, this, you are probably right, dude. This is Marvel. You're, you you have a higher bar here. So, uh, thankfully, it's going to get rebooted. We, we will eventually see them in the MCU. Maybe it'll be five years. Maybe it'll be ten years. Who knows? But and we'll get the right version. As long as Kevin Feige is alive, we'll get they'll get it right. Unless they send it to Hulu. In which case, it'll be a train wreck. Well, they decide to fire Kevin Feige and not let him or Frank Oz back in. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just saying, that would be weird. Time to cancel Disney Plus when that happens. Yeah, I think so. So that's our show for this week. Um, tune in next week when we'll hear Ted say nothing. He's not on this show. So <laughs> just throwing that out. I also wanted to throw this out. Yes, COVID still exists. And yes, I say this at the end of every show, but some of you aren't listening. If you have to go somewhere, wear a mask. Be socially distant. Do not get COVID. It is bad for you. The best thing for you to do, if you can help it at all, is to just stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Dawn, that's the end. <laughs>